listening to Rising Above with Becky Davidson. If I've had a hard night, I want somebody to look and say, she's had a hard night and yet she keeps showing up. But I want to do that with joyfulness and gratefulness as opposed to bitterness and resentment. Welcome to Rising Above with Becky Davidson, where we hear from special needs families who rise above difficult circumstances and discover that joy can be found in every story. Thank you for joining us. Here's your host, Becky Davidson. Hey friends, thanks so much for joining us this week. We have another great episode for you as we continue our Flipside series. But before we get started, just a reminder that we are in the middle of our Thanks for Giving campaign here at Rising Above, and there is still time for you to join us. If you've been uplifted by the stories you have heard here on the podcast, or if you've been encouraged by the resources that Rising Above has provided for your family, we would be so grateful if you would join with us by asking family and friends to support the ministry of Rising Above. And you can learn more about how you can be part of our Thanks for Giving campaign by clicking the link in the show notes. I am excited to be joined by my friends, Sandra Peoples and Melanie Gomez for this week's show. And we are talking about learning to see the flip side through gratitude. We had such a great conversation and I am always encouraged when I get to be with Sandra and Melanie. And I know that you will be encouraged by this conversation as well. So here are my friends, Sandra Peoples and Melanie Gomez. Hey, Melanie and Sandra, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so glad to, first of all, see the both of you and to have this conversation. We don't get to chat very often these days because we're all running in 50,000 different directions. So it's fun to get to catch up here. It is. And I think Melanie and I would both drop just about anything to get to hang out with you and each other. So we'll take it. It's true. uh, You you two are some of my favorites and it's fun getting to connect, even though I think a lot of times we really do connect a lot on podcast episodes. So here we are yet again. So I'm so glad you're here. But, you know, we are still in our series here at Rising Above on learning to see the flip side, learning how we can shift our perspective to see things through God's eyes, see it through His perspective and not the world's perspective so that we can make it so much more successfully on this journey as we raise our amazing kids with disabilities. And so I want to start off with what would be your flip side story? What would be something when you look at your life as a mom who's raising, both of you have sons with special needs, um, what would you say is something that when you look at your life, you have learned to see the flip side, even though it's something that maybe someone else would look at your life and, you know, say, oh my goodness, how in the world do you do that? Or how, you know, I can't imagine that would happen. And what would you do? So Sandra, do you have a flip side story? I do. It feels a little bit silly, but during the holiday season, it's just something I come to a lot. And that is the limitations that we have on our life that don't always exist for other families, can be really hard to navigate. You feel like you're bumping up against those a lot. But one thing, as an introvert, uh, one thing I appreciate is sometimes uh, James doesn't want to go somewhere, and neither do I. Ah, <laughs> so, there you go. It's really nice. You know, I'm a pastor's <laughs> wife, and so there's all kinds of things in the holiday season that we get lots of invitations to. And so it's really funny to say, man, we... I, 
I just can't make it. James really needs to stay home when it's really me who wants to stay home. <laughs> I so, so get this. Yeah, I know in the series you've had serious answers, and but that's just one no. that's kind of been on my mind lately is that as much as sometimes I feel those limitations and they feel hard, there's mm-hmm. sometimes when those limitations work to our benefit, either yeah. it allows me to just stay home and relax when that's really what I need to do, or you know, it just kind of puts some boundaries on being able to say no to invitations mm-hmm. that that we don't need to say yes to everything or even yeah. um, having Sabbath rhythms that mm-hmm. we wouldn't have mm-hmm. otherwise. And so just kind of this, in this busy season, when rest is not always uh, easy to do, being James's mom, <laughs> I can flip that and say, well, James gives me plenty of opportunities to be home just be with him, give him my full attention and and get some rest. Love that. And yeah, you know, sometimes that is true. You can see the flip side in that our kids um, can give us kind of an out sometimes when there's things that maybe we need a break and need some some respite. And uh, I love that, that, that you could see the flip side in that. What about you, Melanie? Well, it's funny because as Sandra was talking, um, I thought of what had been on my mind as well was Christmas, um, particularly, and how, you know, Nicholas is 23 years old. um, And we still have magical Christmas mornings where Santa has brought Mm. things into our house. And the light that comes on a Christmas morning of um, all of those special things happening, I can still, you know, um, I can still do probably the least expensive Christmas of any other parent of a 23 year old. Um, and it's, and it's amazing and it's over the top. So, so I think my flip side is definitely Christmas. We still have Santa. We still have, um, magical things. We still have, you know, um, the ability to surprise and shock and awe him with the simplest so of gifts. Um, you know, that are just um, so special and so amazing. And we still do matching Christmas pajamas and we still do little traditions that probably most parents, by the time your kids are out of elementary, you're done with and you're buying all the expensive electronics and you're doing all the things and you're at the mall hustling for the best, you know, outfit or whatever. And um, I do have also a typical son, so I do all of that. But I do also have somebody who's still at the magical part of Christmas, and and it's it's amazing, and it keeps us still in that special mm. place of Christmas as well. So sweet, and don't you love? I mean, that's one of the things about John Alex that I love as well. It's like he is just happy and satisfied with the most simple things in life, you know. Just even being with you, that's what he wants. He doesn't care about all these uh-huh. other things. And it's just a joy, you know, that when, when we can see those things about our kiddos. And, you know, in this episode, when we're looking at the flip side, we're going to be focusing on something, honestly, that has been my go-to for years that has helped me see the positive, see the good in the hard things that we face. And that is having a heart of gratitude. You know, I remember like I can specifically, there was a time I'm sitting in my kitchen and I am thinking about like I'm I'm having one of those dark side days, you know, everything's just heavy and hard. And, 
And I honestly, I stopped and I was like, no, I have so much to be grateful for. I have a home. I have every single need met. I, you know, I just kept naming off things I was thankful for. And it was amazing how instantaneously it flipped the mm-hmm. whole script and how I was seeing that day. And, you know, when you look at your life as a mom, you know, none of us, our lives, they don't look anything like that our lives would look when we were first got married, when we were growing up. Our lives, I mean, I know for me, I think probably for you too as well, they don't look anything like what we thought. And so when you look at your life though, what are some things that you see that you are thankful for that, um, again, kind of along the flip side side of things that maybe people don't realize, but when you look back at your life as a special needs mom, what are some of the things that you can look at now and go, I am so grateful for this, that maybe in the moment when you started realizing that your sons were going to have unique needs that you weren't so grateful about, but now you can look back and go, what a blessing. Sandra, have you got anything that comes to mind? Yeah, I have a a Bible verse from the life of Old Testament Joseph that really sticks out to me about this. And it's kind of tucked into a a weird part, but it's talking about the names of his sons. And the name of one of his sons is Ephraim. And it means the Lord has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Mm. And I think about that because I think what purposes have I fulfilled that I wouldn't have fulfilled otherwise? If this weren't my journey, if this weren't my role, what differences would that have made for other people? And you guys know I grew up with a sister with Down syndrome. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I've kind of had that on my mind my whole life, right? Like, being an advocate, standing up for her when she couldn't stand up for other people, seeing my parents go first in a lot of ways. She was born in 1977. And so some of those early battles that they did in our school district meant that that we collectively had fewer battles mm-hmm. to fight. You know, those first generations of parents that didn't institutionalize their kids right away, you know, that kept them home and, and did all that and just the battles that they fought so that we wouldn't have to And hopefully I'm doing that too. Hopefully there's things that God has called me to do that will, that I can accomplish because they're part of his purpose for me that saves somebody else from having to do it. And so anytime I think, man, this feels like a land of affliction. This feels hard. This feels challenging. I would not have chosen this. I still kind of just am so thankful for the opportunities that God has given me to be fruitful, (laughs) to have this purpose that wouldn't have been fulfilled any other way. And it's an awesome privilege and responsibility. Mm -hmm. And and everybody has a a different purpose and we all fulfill those in different ways. But anytime I get discouraged or, you know, oh, I got to go to one more IEP meeting or do one more thing, I just think, this is this is one thing I can do or one conversation I can have that may help make the next person's conversation easier mm-hmm. when they hit this. And so that's something I hold on to yeah. and try to really be thankful for is just those opportunities to fulfill the purpose that God has for me, even though it wasn't the purpose I would have picked and just be mm-hmm. thankful that I am part of this legacy of special needs parents who've been fighting these battles to make it mm-hmm. easier for future generations. And what a great attitude to have that you can see and, and, and the example that your parents set for you in that, you know, that they 
were willing to do that and go go forth. And so now you're carrying that out in your own life. And I love that, Sandra. Melanie, what about you? Well, you know, this might sound um, redundant, but I think that having a special needs child actually taught me to be thankful for things that I wasn't thankful for. I mentioned that I have a typical son who is a few years older than Nick. And I remember life just happening. He was a baby, then he slept through the night, and then he was a toddler, and then we chased him around, and then he was in elementary. And then all those stages went by, and they went by very typically. Um, and of course, I was thankful all, all that time, but I don't think I really knew all the things to be thankful for. So as Nicholas started developing, and I remember it took forever for him to roll over from front to back, for example. And I was so thankful for that. And I went to look up in Ben's baby book, like, when did he turn over from front to back? I hadn't even written it down. Like, I, who cares? He rolled over, he walked, he talked, he did all those things. But Nicholas's life was so um, intentionally slow paced that I was able to, I felt like God just at each step showing me something to be thankful for. And then me feeling just me just asking him to forgive me for not thanking him the first time it happened Mm. so easily. Yeah. And so I still get to places in my life where I'm like, gosh, I'm so thankful for this little thing, this little, you know, equivalent of rolling over from front to back, which for people just, it just happens. It happens to every baby. Well, it took my baby forever in therapy Mm -hmm. to get that. So There's just those little steps, little moments of life that I still see that God has shown me thankfulness is is just such a wonderful thing to have inside you. And I think I missed a lot of it. And I think in busy, crazy, Mm. typical lives, you can miss a lot of things to be thankful for. So really, that's just taught me that lifestyle very differently. Mm. So true. And, you know, I don't have another child to compare John Alex to. And so I love hearing that perspective of like, once you Mm -hmm. saw the things that your son, I I get, you know, with the first time John Alex took a few steps on his own, you would have thought, you know, Jeff and I were so (laughs) excited that, that, you know, he had created something magnificent, you know, it was so exciting. And so I think we do appreciate those milestones that are so hard fought for um, over Mm -hmm. the years, you know. Every day we are telling ourselves a story about our life. And then we're also telling others a story about our life. You know, how we portray our life to others. We're always in this narrative that we're either believing about ourselves or one that we are putting out there for the world. And so how has choosing gratitude, because I do think it's a choice. I think it's a choice every day that we wake up and we're going to either choose to be grateful or not. But how has choosing gratitude impacted the story that you tell yourself about your life and the story that you're telling others about your life? Well, I think that it has obviously significantly impacted the story I tell myself, um, certainly just in my, in my heart posture, in my, and honestly, in my mental health and my, uh, my ability to keep moving through life. But I do think the biggest impact actually is in the story that we tell others. Mm-hmm. And I think that 
I just, you know, throughout these 23 years have gotten over and over and over again from random strangers in a, you know, in a coffee shop to people, other parents at Nicholas's school, or maybe a mom in a waiting room who marvel at the fact that we seem happy, that we seem joyous, that we seem grateful and thankful. And so I really do believe Sandra mentioned our calling and our purpose being wrapped up in this. I do believe certainly for us that being thankful has made a really big impact on the world around us and our, our families, our extended families. And then even, like I said, strangers that'll come up to me and say, gosh, I just enjoy watching you interact with your son because you seem so happy and your, your life seems so, so great. And, and that's wonderful and refreshing to see people notice, um, thankfulness and they notice that as a marker mm-hmm. of us as believers as so drastically different than, than the world, mm-hmm. um, probably, uh, you know, in that way. So I think it's made an impact on both, but definitely in the story that we tell externally for me, even much more. Mm-hmm. Sandra, what about you for you? Yeah, it's very similar. I remember one of James's birthday parties and you know, those teenager birthday parties with our kids are so different than other teenager birthday parties. And so we had some friends over and we were celebrating and, taking pictures. And, and then one of the friends who was there later on, he just said, I can tell that, that you, you take so much joy in being James's mom. Mm. And I thought that's what I would love to be known for. You know, like Mm. I, when we have people into Mm -hmm. our house or they see our pictures on social media or the story that we're telling ourselves, but also other people, Mm -hmm. are they seeing that joy? Are they seeing that happiness. And that doesn't mean that there aren't times that it's hard, you know, that mm-hmm. we struggle in yeah. the lives that we lead. But but are we overall marked with gratefulness, thankfulness, mm-hmm. joy, uh, a sense of overcoming? Is all of that part of mm-hmm. the message that we are telling ourselves and telling other people? And, mm-hmm. and part of that is letting God through his Holy Spirit, do a work in our hearts before yeah. we go public with things, mm-hmm. I guess is a good way to say it. Like speaking a message from healing instead of a message from woundedness, you mm-hmm. know, have we, have we allowed the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and, um, and done his, his good and healing work before we yeah. go to social media or take it to friends yeah. and, and, you know, kind of yeah. have that because it, we want validation, right? If mm-hmm. I've had a hard night, I want somebody to look and say, right. she's had a hard night and yet mm-hmm. she keeps showing up. Mm-hmm. But I want to do that with joyfulness and gratefulness as opposed to bitterness and resentment yes. and anger, because that doesn't yeah. serve me. It doesn't serve mm-hmm. James. It doesn't serve our church or our friends mm-hmm. or anybody that we're around. And so that posture of thankfulness and gratefulness mm-hmm. is really a good way to kind of come back and center ourselves on that's, that's a fruit of the Holy spirit. That's his Mm -hmm. doing in our lives. And I, Mm -hmm. I hope that's evident to other people. Well, and you know, people are always watching us, you know, people are always watching because our kids are unique and people all are always kind of, you know, looking at us. And I know when you were talking about that, Sandra, it took me back to the big, I think early in 2020, or 2021, John Alex got really sick. We ended up, he ended up sitting a week in the hospital. We're in the ER and I mean, it's the height of COVID, you know, and so we're there in the ER 
And I'm a nervous wreck. You know, I've got my sweet little son who is sick as can be. And, but people were watching me and I didn't even realize it. But I had someone that worked at the registration desk who just made, I went up there for something at some point while we're waiting to go to a room. And she just commented on, she said, you're so calm with him. You're so peaceful with him. And I wouldn't have thought that that was what I was putting off by any stretch of the imagination because <laughs> yeah. I sure wasn't feeling it. But she was watching me interact with him and she was watching me just comfort him and love him. And, 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 I, and I made sure in that stay there, to show gratitude to everybody who came. Like we, we spent a week in the hospital and every time we were there, the person who cleaned his room, I was showing gratitude. Every time a nurse would come in, I would say, thank you. And I was so grateful. And I think, you know, all along our journey, that is so important to show gratitude to the people that God has brought in our life um, to come alongside with us. So Sandra, what are some ways that you have over the years shown gratitude to the people who have come alongside and helped you? Well, let me start with a confession. This is not an easy thing for me. Mm. And it's not because I'm not grateful. It is because I value independence mm. <laughs> in myself. And one of those, mm-hmm. I can get it all done. And gotcha. when you kind of have that, I can get it all done mindset, and then other people help, well, then you're admitting that you needed their help, right? Interesting. Like, okay. And so then for me to turn around and say, thank you, that that's some hard work on me to say, mm. you couldn't do it on your own. And that's a good thing. And God provided this person to come in and, and help. And therefore, you know, like, you need to say thank you. You need to follow up with gratitude and mm-hmm. a note or a text or a little gift. Um, but it's, it's not, uh, natural for me. And that is because of my, uh, not defensiveness, but just that that's something, you know, I don't want to admit that I do need help. (laughs) And when I, when I receive something from somebody, I feel like, oh, they saw that I couldn't do it. So they saw a weakness in me. And then they stepped into that instead of saying, None of us can do life on Mm. our own. We weren't designed to do it that way. And so what an awesome opportunity that God has provided for me to show that I couldn't do it by myself. And then what an awesome gift he provided that somebody that could fulfill that need. And so I think of it, especially in church or therapists that we've had over the years. And you just kind of, you think through all of the people that had a hand in your kid getting to where he is and being able to do what he's able to do mm-hmm. and and just the thankfulness. And then when God brings those people to mind, even if it's been 10 years, you know, since they've been in James's life to say, man, it just really struck me today. What an impact mm-hmm. you had on my family. Yeah. And so I just wanted to reach out and say thank you. I, and I love that. And I love your vulnerability there and sharing that perspective because I'm sure there's other listeners who feel that same way, who that actually gives me some insight into Jeff because Jeff used to really struggle with, with saying thank you. And I remember just looking at him and go, you know what? Saying thank you would go a really long way, you know? Yeah. And so, and he shifted over when he, when he started getting sick and he had to have so much help. He was so grateful and it's, it's so changed that, but that gave me some really good insight onto as to maybe why that was challenging for him early on. And so I know for our, there's other listeners out there who may be going, I so resonate with that. 
But I think what I heard you say, though, is that you push through that. Yeah. That you don't let that stop you. Yeah. That, that when somebody comes to mind, you shoot them a text or whatever, just to say, even if it's 10 years later, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think it's important. I think we want to be seen as helpers. And so some mm-hmm. of us are more comfortable in the role of providing help instead of yes. receiving help. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's it's a generous gift of God to say, no, you don't. You don't always have to be the helper. You can be mm-hmm. the receiver, but yeah. then there needs to come with that a sense of thankfulness. Mm-hmm. Melanie, what about you? What are ways that you show gratitude to the people who come alongside and help your family? I don't have a great answer for this one because I think it's really an area where I need to step up. I think even listening to Sandra has challenged me um, because there's there are people that help us. There are different, I mean, and, you know, of course I do teacher gifts when it's time to do teacher gifts and therapists and things like that. Um, but just finding a better way, I think I don't have a great answer for this one. You might not want to put my answer. No, right, but, I think um, it's vulnerable and real. And I think there's, there's other people out there that feel the same way. And I think, you know, for me, because um, I love it when, Someone shows me gratitude. And so for me, I'm like, I want to push that back out to, to, to mm-hmm. people. And so, you know, I'm always when one of Jay's caregivers, when they're logging, you know, in or out for the day, I'm like, thank you so much. Even just a, just letting them know how grateful I am that they were there today. What, you know, for taking care of him. Sometimes we do above and beyond just the verbal thanks. You know, it just depends, but I know how much it impacts me and how, and so. I want the people in my son's life to know I appreciate you. I see you. I value you because that's just going to come back to my son. You know, when, when people mm-hmm. know that I see them and I value them, I'm grateful for them, then they're just going to, I think it just encourages them on to do even more. So, um, so when you look at your life, do you have any red flags? that kind of lets you know that you're getting off course when it comes to gratitude, that you're, you're kind of slipping into the dark side. And what do you do when that happens? Yeah. My red flag is um, just my stress level. I know that if I'm stressed out or striving about something, I have left that place of gratitude. I can, I can tell just in my, in my mood and my attitude that I've, stepped away from gratitude. I'm, and I'm looking at the wrong things. And so for me, it's simply, um, being able to recognize it takes me probably too long to recognize it. But once I do just taking a pause and saying, God, I thank you for where I'm at right now. And that you are going to provide the answers and the next step that I need and just forgive me for running ahead of you. Let me just stop right here and be thankful and grateful in the moment. And I do, I have to do that still on a regular basis. Mm. What about you, Sandra? That's really good. I think for me, one of the markers is envy or jealousy. Mm-hmm. Um, when I see something in somebody else's life yeah. and I, and I can't see the good things in my life, I can only see the better things in their life. Mm-hmm. I think about that. We live in Texas and Texas ranks at the bottom of states to uh, raise a kid with disabilities in as far as social supports. And we came from Pennsylvania and we had lots of supports in Pennsylvania. And I have friends in California, you know, friends in places where 
the support seems easy. You know, they I, I talk about our church offering respite, and then somebody in California will say, well, don't you have a respite worker? Like, don't you just have that from the state? <laughs> I'm like, uh, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and so that can really kind of breed unthankfulness mm-hmm. in me because I'm like, yeah. God, why are you giving them good things you're not giving me? And why are mm-hmm. you giving me such hard things? And then I have to flip that and yeah. really, like Melanie said, look at the good things in my life, realize for, they're for my good. You know, when we moved from Pennsylvania to Texas, one of the reasons we did that is to be close to grandparents. And grandparents are a huge blessing. Not every special needs family gets to live close to grandparents who have, like James goes over there every Sunday after church Mm -hmm. for an hour or two. But because we're a ministry family, that gives us a little reset. My husband can take a nap if he needs to, and then we can go, you know, finish out the day. But not everybody has that. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, there's this balance. But when I see... God, instead of a God of abundance, who lavishes good gifts on his mm-hmm. children, when I when I picture him as withholding, that's when I know I've slipped into mm. some hard areas of, of yeah. discouragement. And yeah. um, so jealousy is that really first red flag mm-hmm. for me. And then what do you do to flip it? Well, usually I think about the good things that happen for us that don't happen for mm-hmm. everybody else. And mm-hmm. Usually conversations with my husband are really helpful in that to say, man, I'm, I'm feeling this right now because mm-hmm. thankfully we aren't usually both feeling hard things at the, hard time, yeah, at the yep. same time, <laughs> you know, and so if I feel it, he doesn't feel it or at least lets me take mm-hmm. a turn, you know, right. and, and where I reach out to other friends who I know are on similar paths and yeah. say, you know, this is a hard thing and, um, so, but just taking a moment to to look around, mm-hmm. to name the good gifts that we have, yeah. to see them uh, as coming from God and not just part of circumstances mm-hmm. or, you know, like that God ordained mm-hmm. these good gifts in our life. Yeah. And that's really helpful too. Yeah. Well, that kind of goes right into a verse that helps me a lot when I think about gratitude. And it's First Thessalonians 5.18. It says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so what I love about that, you know, it says give thanks in all circumstances, not necessarily for all circumstances. And so what do you guys think about that? What does that mean to you? How does that play out in your life? Melanie? You know, I love that verse and um, how it plays out for me is that because it says it is God's will for for me, Mm -hmm. right? To give thanks in all circumstances. So what does God want for me? He wants, he has this rich life of abundant life planned out for me. So if it's his will, how I interpret that is that giving thanks is actually for me. Mm. So I'm not thanking him because he needs my thanks. He doesn't need my gratitude. Does he, he deserves it of course, but it tells me that it's for me. It's part of the good things that he has planned for me. And I will tell you, Becky, that every time I I remember that and I give thanks in a difficult situation or season, I just stop and say, God, I just thank you. Thank you for what I do have. Thank you for what you're doing behind the scenes that I can't see in this. When I stop and do that, it helps me. Mm -hmm. Marriage is tough. 
Add parenting a child with special needs to the equation, and it just got a little more tough. That's why we at Rising Above Ministries felt led to put out a marriage video series called The Starting Lineup. It's a five-session series designed to help married couples improve their marriage no matter where it may be right now. It's designed to be used in a small group setting, in your church Sunday school or midweek class, or just you and your spouse in the privacy of your own home. You can download it for free on the Rising Above website. I just stop and say, God, I just thank you. Thank you for what I do have. Thank you for what you're doing behind the scenes that I can't see in this. When I stop and do that, it helps me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do anything for God. He's already as big as he could possibly be. Mm-hmm. So it's I'm not adding anything to him. He's telling me to do that because it's for me. And 100% of the time, my mind resets, my emotions reset. So I've learned, it took me a long time to learn, but at least now I'm quicker to turn mm-hmm. and pivot back to giving thanks. The, and now I'll tell you what, I've built enough muscle that now the worse the situation looks, you know what? The faster I am to go, God, thank you. Thank you for whatever you're doing, because I know that you're a good father. And and truly, it helps me. It just changes everything for me. And so that's why he asks us to do it. It's not for him. Yeah. It's because he knows it's going to help us. So true. That's so good, Melanie. What about you, Sandra? Yeah, I love Melanie's phrasing there like it being a muscle. We talk in our Mm -hmm. family about resiliency and how Mm -hmm. do we build resiliency is we have experienced things that have been hard and we have found God faithful. Mm -hmm. And so when I look back over any situation that we've been in, God has been faithful. There's a mark of his faithfulness throughout our entire journey. So when I face something hard today, when I'm in one of those hard circumstances, what I look back on is his that track record of faithfulness. And so that muscle has built in me a resiliency. And so I can Mm -hmm. say, I can give thanks in this, even if I can't give thanks for it, Mm -hmm. because I know God is always going to be faithful and always going Mm -hmm. to be with me. And I I think of that verse where uh, some followers of Jesus turn away and then Jesus asks his disciples, are you going to follow? Are you going to go away too? And they say, where else would we go? Yeah, <laughs> like you exactly. have the word of life. And that's what right. I feel like in these circumstances is mm-hmm. if I turned away from him, what would I be turning to? Nothing yeah. that's going to satisfy. Nothing that's going mm-hmm. to have that same sense of purpose and fulfillment and peace that we're longing yeah. for. And so even in the hardest circumstances, where else would we go, right? Mm-hmm. That would that would give us what we truly need in those hard yeah. circumstances. and. And the more opportunities we've had to see him faithful, the easier it is mm-hmm. to know that he always will be. Yeah. So we're going to flex those mm. muscles, right? Those yeah. gratitude muscles. And it does. It does end up changing your default. If your default is negative, you, if your default is always, woe is me, this is the worst thing ever, then once you start just putting in some gratitude in that, it does. It changes your default. Um, mm-hmm. To that place of gratitude, and that we're, we're like you said, Melanie. It now it's just kind of naturally when when the worst of the worst happens, you're like, nope, God, I'm going to trust that you're good. And you know, I think yeah. a great example of someone who did that was Paul. You know, Paul wrote so much about so many things, how he uh, changed and flipped the perspective, you know, of his life, and you know, he 
wrote one of the, one of the, I would say, I call it one of those coffee mug verses. You know, it's one of those verses that you see on coffee mugs or t-shirts or whatever. It's like, <laughs> but the verse, you know, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But what we sometimes forget is that Paul wrote that in prison. He wrote that while he was in prison. And if you look at the verses, this is from Philippians 4 and verses 11 through 14. It says, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all of this through him who gives me strength. And I think about that. I'm like, what? He's in prison. He's probably, you know, hungry and cold and maybe had been beaten just before this. And yet he's able to say, hey, whatever the circumstances are, I can be content. And so what do you take away from those verses? Melanie, what do you, what, what do you pull out from that when you look at your life and our lives as special needs parents um, when the hard hits? Well, it, and it ties into, you're right, it ties into gratitude and it ties into what do we really need? What do we really require? What is the, the foundation, the base um, of our, of our, of our lives? Like either Sandra mentioned before, looking at all the other things I don't have, we're saying God has gotten me through all these things in the past. And he's always there as my provider. And I'm here. I'm here. My family's here. We have what we need. And so just look, reminding ourselves, like he said, I can have a lot or I can have a little, I can have, I can be weak or I can be strong. Knowing that those things don't define whether or not I'm doing well, actually, and kind of redefining, flipping, if you will, what I define I'm doing well Mm -hmm. as, right? And so I think that's what Paul was doing was saying, the definition of if I'm well has nothing to do with whether I'm in jail or not. That's irrelevant Mm -hmm. to whether or not I'm doing well. I am doing well. All is well with my soul. So I am doing well. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's what that verse says to me is just perspective on circumstances don't equal whether I'm doing well Mm -hmm. or not. My soul does. My spirit does. That is good. Sandra, what about you? Yeah, that's a good word. That's good, isn't it? I that know. Really I'm like, Ooh. And I struggled with that, especially around the time of James's diagnosis, because I tried to be this good girl, you know, and, mm. and do everything right. And then I had this child with a disability, and I already had a sister with a disability. And so I was like, God, what? what did Mm -hmm. I do? And what are you doing? This doesn't make sense to me. This, this isn't what we talked about. This wasn't (laughs) the plan that we had for our lives. Um, and Melanie's so right. Like, like the circumstances don't matter. It's the state Mm -hmm. of our soul and that has to stay grounded and rooted in him. Um, and we have so many examples from that. And this from Paul is the best one for him to just say, no matter what, is happening around me. I have security. He has another verse mm-hmm. where he's talking about whether he lives or dies. And he says, if I, if I live, it's gain. If I die, it's gain. Mm-hmm. And so when we think about the worst thing that could happen, death, yeah. especially as special needs parents, right? Like mm-hmm. there's nothing 
worse we can think about than than our own yeah. death and and to think even in that god will be faithful and even in that mm. he has a purpose and um so that's yeah. such a helpful i mean you're becky you leading us here to these verses from paul is really helpful to mm. to think mm-hmm. and sometimes we think well, I have the hardest life of anybody who's ever had a life. Right, <laughs> right. right. Nobody has it harder than I do. Nobody has it know. harder than I yeah. do. And that's normally hormonal. And I mean, you know, like there's lots <laughs> right. of things right. that go into that. Right. And so then when we, and that's what I love. And Melanie said this, and I think we see that all through scripture is there's nobody in scripture who was, who did not suffer. Jesus mm-hmm. I, I saw a quote that said, God has one son who didn't sin, but he didn't have any who don't suffer. Mm-hmm. And so even Jesus suffered. And so mm-hmm. you think of God's favored son still suffered. And so we are not immune from suffering because it yeah. is normal for all of us who live in a fallen world. But what what we can do is stay rooted and grounded in him, like this mm-hmm. verse teaches us. Yes. So good. Well, I know, Melanie, you um, have an upcoming blog, I believe, where you're talking about someone else who had a heart of gratitude in an unusual situation. So share a little bit about that. Yeah, you know what? We, I'm doing a, a Bible study with a church women's group on the book of Luke with Lisa Harper, which, by the way, I highly recommend that study. And she's been going, taking us through the, the book of Luke. And in Luke 1, we come on this scene where Mary, this very young girl who is engaged, um, gets delivered some news that I think we often brush past. Like she's, we, we think it's good news. We actually think in our, you know, thousands of years later that she got good news. No, she got this news. That's not unlike probably a similar emotion. I can't fully grasp, but like when I got told the diagnosis for my baby was going to be unique and unusual and nothing like I had ever experienced and not like what the world thought it should be. And I wasn't going to be able to follow the world's um, process and pattern and everything that I thought was good was not going to be what was coming with the, the prognosis. It's not completely dissimilar. She got this news that in our time, if you got news, well, you're a, you're a teenage virgin and you're going to, show up pregnant without a husband, that still might rock somebody's world. But in her world, you were basically just being assigned to be a complete outcast, Mm -hmm. outlier, no longer accepted in society. And everything you're about to experience is, is the worst. It really, she did get some, that kind of news. And so in that, the first thing that she says is my soul doth magnify the Lord. And then she goes on through the rest of Luke from verse 46 all the way through. It's it, it's this famous section of the Bible now called the Magnificat of the most perfect example of magnifying the Lord. And she delivered it in the face of news that was going to rock her world. She found out about a, a, a child that she didn't plan, that she wasn't expecting, and a situation where she the world would say, you can't have him. And she delivers this speech that's now famous about how wonderfully she magnifies mm-hmm. the Lord. And that struck me as like, wow, if that is her posture, 
for the for the for the the challenging news that she got. That should be our posture every time we hear mm-hmm. you're about to go through something that you don't want, don't expect, didn't plan, and nobody's going to like it. Every time we hear sure. that, our posture is to say, wow. "My soul doth magnify the Lord," and my goodness, wouldn't our lives? the yeah. different pictures. Mine would. That's not my first response, mm-hmm. but I'm learning from her example and from that scripture that it yeah. can be, and that's the way to go through it. And look what her end result mm-hmm. was, right? Um, but yeah, that was that's something I've been looking at just recently and definitely flips on its head um, gratitude and when mm-hmm. you apply it and how quickly and instantly you should say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is powerful when you think about that. And um, I just, I love that example that she gave. And, you know, I know it's kind of one of these things. It's like we talked about it. You got to flex that muscle. It's got to be something that you that you choose to do. And then it's going to happen so much more automatically. So maybe that was part of her posture all along, you know, in her growing up was that she had this heart of gratitude. Um, and so it was easier for her to flip to that. And I think that's mm-hmm. such a great example for us. Like, what are we doing and what are we teaching our kids? You know, what are we showing our kids um, when they feel they, they know whether we're grateful for what's going on in our life mm-hmm. and what is not. And so, you know, what are we, this kind of goes back to what that question we talked about earlier. What is the story? What's the story we're telling um, about our life and how that then impacts our kids? And so just as we finish out this topic on gratitude, we are, we're closing out each week with a flip side practice. And so our flip side practice for this week is that we want everybody to think about someone in your life who has come alongside and helped your family, someone who has been a part of your journey and helped your family. And what is something you can do to show them gratitude? That could be a handwritten note. You know, that's something that has so gone out as a handwritten note. You know, we're so quick to just send an email or text and those are all great, but there's something about getting a handwritten note in the mail. So maybe it's a note. Maybe it's something you want to you want to um, send them a gift card to go eat. Whatever it is that you choose to do, but pick someone this week that's been a part of your story, that's, that has helped you on your journey and show your gratitude and appreciation to them somehow, however you want to do that. Um, and so Melanie and Sandra, I just thank you guys so much for being here with us this week, sharing your thoughts on gratitude and where can our friends find you? You both have books, you both have websites. So Sandra, where can our listeners find you? Yeah, my website is sandrapeoples.com. Uh, and I'm on Instagram as Sandra Peoples and on Facebook, Sandra Peoples. Um, so easy to find. And Melanie? I am the easiest place to find me actively and engage with me would be Instagram or Facebook. And it's Redefine Special. Um, and my book is on Amazon called Bundle of Joy. And it's a devotional. And it does hit on Um, some devotionals for developing more thankfulness and gratefulness. Well, friends, thank you so much for being here today. And next week, the moms from the Take Heart podcast, Sarah Klein, Amy J. Brown, and Carrie Holt will be with us as we close out our series. We're going to be talking about, I'm sure, Melanie and Sandra, you do not have issues with this, but we're going to be talking about how we sometimes, as special needs parents, get stuck in the comparison trap. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I'm going to have yeah. to listen to that one. <laughs> not a struggle at all, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> so they'll be on next week and we'll finish out our series. And so friends, thank you so much for your time. I'm so grateful for you and just appreciate your hearts. Well, great being with you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Rising Above with Becky Davidson, created and produced by Rising Above Ministries. To learn more about us and our resources for special needs families, visit risingaboveministries.org or download our free app. If you've enjoyed listening and want to hear more, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. You can always share it to encourage a friend. And remember, joy can be found in every story.